Welcome to the Vision for the Valley podcast. I am your host, Joseph Velarde. In this podcast, we will discover the gym that is the Lehigh Valley and learn from people from all walks of life. Welcome to another episode of the Vision for the Valley podcast. I'm your host, Joe Velarde, and I'm so excited about today. Two reasons. One, we just launched a website, visionforthevalley.com, and it's our goal to really highlight what's going on here in the Valley and beyond and for how you can connect in to the story, the story that's being told and participate and partner with others, get the, the help that you need, that we all need in our leadership journey. And then the second reason I'm excited is I got my main man, Pete Hickson, with us today. And Pete is actually in the Atlanta area. Uh, he's been all over the place, but recently moved back to Atlanta. But Pete is one of those guys who's always encouraged me towards what God's called me to. And one of the things we've done through these last couple, last months, several months here with the episodes is gone outside of the immediate Lehigh Valley area, in part because I wanted you to hear from people's perspectives as they're in the midst of some massive transitions and leading through that, but also people who have served as voices that shape my vision for the valley and that have really helped me to understand more fully what it is I'm stepping into and intended for. And then the last thing is just because I have a lot of questions about life and leadership and I don't want to be selfish. So I thought, why not hit the record button and let people (laughs) in on those conversations? But one of the things about Pete early on in our relationship is back in 2008, 2009, we met and my mother was going to the church that Pete was pastoring at the time that he had helped start called Vines Lake Church. And I remember coming up after the service and just telling him, man, so grateful for you and, and the work you're doing in my hometown because I'm originally from that area, Cobb County, specifically mm-hmm. Smyrna, Georgia. And that began our friendship. And then Pete would go on to uh, pursue me and invest heavily in me relationally, but also financially as a church to come alongside what, which is now called Riverbend Community Church and still going today. And he was one of the early adopters. And a lot of people don't know what church planning looks like, but just think about starting something from scratch, like a business, and you need people to invest both in a relational sense and a financial sense. And Pete really is one of those guys who said, I see what you see, and I believe in you, and I'm going to invest in this and invest in you. And so, so, so forever grateful for Pete and his family and the gift that they are. And with that said, Pete, tell us yes. a little bit about yourself, my friend. Oh, man. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This really is, um, it is, it, you know, it lights my soul up just, just to be talking with you. And I get to see you. They don't get to see you. So <laughs> I, I feel privileged. I get to see your smiling face, which just brings me so much joy. Um, and Hope still calls you yo dog, just so you know. She knows. She knows. I love that. Um, that. My name is Pete Hickson, formerly known as Peter John Lawrence Hickson. I have two middle (laughs) names. I've still never been able to get the 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 digs on how my mom gave me two middle names. But anyway, um I didn't know that you had two middle names. Yeah, you know, so when I want to feel like very professional, my name is Peter John Lawrence Hickson. (laughs) <laughs> and you should see that in a signature. Um, my wife, Holly, and I have been married. We just celebrated 23 years 
So yeah, that's very you, special. Man. Thank you very much. Um, we were married when we were 12 and that was awesome. <laughs> um, we have two girls, Hope and Addie. Hope just turned 19 and Addie is 16. Addie just got her license the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, Hope just graduated from high school. So we're going through some, some big life stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, you know, my family. Uh, I have done um, formalized ministry all of my adult life and career until recently. And yet I'm still doing ministry. I feel like just as much as any other time personally. Um, so um, I came to, to into, you know, a family that, that raised me in a church environment, but more importantly, just told me what a relationship with Jesus was like at a young age, made that decision to follow him, never regretted it. And um, yeah, so Man, that's just kind of a nutshell where I'm at and a little bit about myself. I am a big fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And <laughs> as we were talking, you took your Falcons, um, uh, whatever you call it, jacket off. Yeah. And you're wearing a Georgia t-shirt, as I can see, and your 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 uh, listeners can't see that, but you are through and through a Georgia man, and I'm proud of you. But I would have taken my Falcons jacket off, too. <laughs> I'm kidding, but seriously. <laughs> I heard you guys signed Antonio Brown again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. No? Nice. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just, I just wanted to see. We're not shaking by much, but man, that guy gave that guy gave us a run for our money. <laughs> Wishing the best, though. Someone can straighten him out. That's Wishing right. the best. That's right. Well, everybody's everybody needs somebody. That's right, man. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. Now, Pete. One of the things that you're hearing from him already, and I, I wanted to, to speak into this, is a lot of transitions have happened in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Um, and both from their family situation in the sense that his daughter Hope just graduated high school uh, to Addie just getting her license and uh, then them them moving from uh, the the Ohio area back to the Atlanta area, uh, job changes, all kinds of things on top of, you know, the reality of COVID, uh, racial unrest, uh, presidential election, all in the backdrop of, of what's going on. And so I, I thought it would be good to hear from Pete's perspective because he's had several transitions in life, but acutely now there's like just this compound reality of what he's walked through. And so I just wanted to hear from you, Pete, what, what, what have been some of your biggest learnings through your season of transitions? Yeah, that's such a good question. Um, and I, I do want to say this because I'm my introduction to, to respond to that begins with literally almost a year ago. Really, it was a year ago, late June. Um, and then July just felt like, what in the world's going on? And August, we started to feel like, okay, I, you know, we know where we're going to live. Um, so it was a it was a hard stop and a turnaround. But you were one of my first conversations, longer conversations, because you're that kind of friend. And you, you talked about meeting the first time at that entryway, right in the which side of that hallway entryway, we didn't have in our church <laughs> any doors into the auditorium. It was just walk in the door and you're there. But 
I remember meeting you and knowing who your mom was and you know, we've just been good friends ever since. And it has been completely mutual. We've been there for each other and it's been a joy. And I'm so thankful to have been in a place at that time to make a decision that could help you guys both, you know, relationally, but also financially. And, you know, you never feel like you give enough, but coming up there and being a part of it. And it was yeah. just so special for me. So thank mm-hmm. you for just being my friend. Um, mm-hmm. But about a year ago, we uh, just came to a hard stop and long story short, incredible people there. We don't regret, you know, well, my wife might regret some other thing. Anyway, <laughs> anyone from Ohio that might listen to this, I'm going <laughs> to give them a link to listen. No, um, uh, it was all just cold weather related. Not, That's not right. Cold, not cold hearted related. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, we, we were pastoring a church, took over something that's always difficult. I had never done that before. It always started our own kind of thing or worked in an organization where I wasn't the lead, but taking over something. And it was a church, a school, a daycare. It was just had a lot of history. And long story short, after three hard years of plowing and plowing and really trying to kind of bring it down to the ground to rebuild it, which is what we felt needed to happen. We made some decisions after three years. Uh, not prior to that, but there were kind of a hill to die on and there was just some misalignment and unfortunately it didn't go in the right direction. So we just chose, I just felt like it was right to keep my heart intact and put my keys on the table and say, we just got to go. Um, that was kind of what I felt. So through that transition, we decided to move back to Atlanta. If there was a church that needed a pastor, great. If there wasn't, doesn't matter. We're moving back to Atlanta. That's where our family and friends were. I moved my kids in their middle school and high school years too much from Atlanta to Nashville to Columbus, Ohio, and family just came first. So we've just been in this season of I've only known pastoring and working within the context of an organized church. Um, and just a couple of things that, as I reflected on that question with transition, number one, um, we're all probably guilty of this, um, but it's not a bad thing. And, you know, Joe, people like me and you are definitely always searching for that. Um, I mean, we're, we're drivers. We want to create stuff. We want to do it for the good of other people. But man, that, that drive to go after something whatever that thing is, when we do it, there's always something else. Now that's not bad. That's what creators do. That's what, you know, leaders do. There's a big part of it. But the lesson that I just wrote down that I'm learning is, you know, to a degree, maybe I need to stop living for the golden egg. It's kind of a golden egg syndrome that I've talked about in other ways in my life of thinking this is going to be the thing, right? And, you know, when stuff doesn't go the way you thought it would, or maybe your career comes to a halt and you don't know what you're going to do with your life at 45, 46, you know, and this happens to a lot of people, you know, if you live for the golden egg syndrome, you're going to be sorely disappointed in life. Mm -hmm. And I think it speaks about expectations, just managing our expectations. Well, Um, when I first, Holly and I first got married, one of the lessons that someone very first thing I remember someone telling me was have no expectations. And I thought that sounded so negative, but in reality was if we're living for an expectation that we don't know is going to go in that direction, we'll just be disappointed all the time rather than take every moment and every day as a gift, which it is 
with not promise on the other end, which we're not, and make the most out of it. And so I'm just learning in this season when I feel, I'll be honest, I've had a lot of moments where I just feel purposeless. Like I've always been so needed by people. You know this feeling and it's overwhelming as a pastor and as a leader and a leader in your community. And that can be invigorating at times and it can be completely exhausting at times. And I'm just like, man, all my friends who are in ministry and doing and leading things, they're, they're so needed and they're exhausted, but there's something about that that just keeps you going, right? You don't even have time to stop. And I've had a lot of time to go, what, what's my worth, you know? Mm-hmm. And that kind of brings me to that second thing. And you and I even talked a little bit about this. You mentioned it at the beginning of this podcast before we started jumping into it was, this is the second thing is, you know, when God when Jesus came on the scene at the time of his beginning of his ministry, he said, you are my son whom I love and with you, I am well pleased. I'm well pleased with you because you're my son, not because what you're about to do, not because of what you've done or haven't done. You're my son. And we are joint heirs with Jesus and we get the benefits of what he does as sons and daughters of God as well. And so I, I read something recently that's been another great lesson is, you know, my worth is not the things that I do. It's, it's who I'm related to it, when it comes to a God who loves me unconditionally. And I try to remind my girls that all the time mm-hmm. um, and that I don't have to prove myself through the things I do. It doesn't take away from the value and worth of when we do great things and do it, you know, with excellence. But in the end, it's a battle against my own self. And when I continually try to prove myself to myself, I hurt other people around me. So the other thing I would just say in response to that one question, and sorry if this one went too long, no, but no, is, you're great, man. Am I, and this almost is funny, but am I as good of a follower of Jesus when I'm not a pastor normally mm-hmm. as I was when I, when I was right? Cause I'm in this season where I'm not, I don't wear that hat technically. However, I honestly feel just as much of a pastor to people, which I love. Um, but uh, yeah, where's my faith now, right? In so many areas. And I can't say I've passed that test, <laughs> but it's something that, that, that's been a good challenge for me, you know, that it's not this professional thing, but it's what got me into ministry in the first place that I do believe. And I do want my character to be in a certain way. and. You know, so yeah, am I as good of a Christian now as I was when it was my profession? <laughs> yeah, well, I think it all if that makes of, sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. I think it all bleeds together, right? Like, um, one of the things I, I hear from that, and I think it's true for us all, no matter what it is that we're facing or going through, we're all in a season of transition right now. We truly are. And one of the difficulties with it is to be fully in the moment. And for Pete and I, our personality types, we, uh, achieve and get excited we bring energy to new and we're excited about that and so we go and yeah. we create but one of the most challenging things about that personality type is they often mentally um, have a difficult time being in the moment so they'll look back at the past usually and kind of be like, man, i don't know why i did that why did i say that you know they, they get kind of hung up in that or they look into the future like man, I cannot wait till I accomplish X, Y, and Z. 
but they tend to, and I'm speaking for myself in this, I'm not projecting fully on Pete, uh, but they tend to miss out on the gift of the moment and the people mm-hmm. that are right in front of us mm-hmm. uh, and right in front of them because they're so preoccupied mentally. And I'm, I'm in a season like that right now where I'm, you know, having to choose to not miss the gift of the day and of my life. And what makes me great and what makes Pete great is the, um, the I would call a holy discontent with what is, mm-hmm. but sometimes it can just, we can take the holy off and it can just be discontent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily holy. And I think having to work through and manage and discern with God, Hey, what is it that you're saying to me right now? Because one of the things he doesn't want to happen is that we would miss him in it. First of all, who he is and what he says of us as his sons and, and daughters, you know, what, what he, you know, is calling each and every one of us, you know, to. And then the other part is that he doesn't want us to go through our lives, not actually enjoying the gift of life. Like there's so much beauty around us and beauty has a name. There's a song I've been listening to. This guy got me, got me onto it. Pete, Pete got me onto uh, that. How do you say his last name? I'm gonna, I want to look My Cockrell. very, very good friend since college. That yeah. you got to look him up if, for all your listeners. Go search him. His new album. It's called To Be Loved. Fantastic. Uh, that well, that was that that was probably 15 years ago. To be loved was 15. To years be loved, ago? yes. So yeah. that was that Thad Cockrell. Then he developed a band called Leagues, and they went pretty big. Oh. Had some decent, you know, Spotlight was one you'd recognize if you looked it up. And then. Um, yeah, uh, Alone Together was another League's album. And then his latest, Thad Cockrell, he went back to Thad Cockrell. Is, huh. um, it's, it's just marvelous. I need, I need to listen to that. I, it was crazy because I'm like, man, this is... Yeah. But I've been listening Very to Very different genres. Like his new stuff yeah. now is not at all like that to be loved, Thad Cockrell. That, that's, it's a different, very different. But he's an honest writer. I've actually been helping him in some story branding himself, you yeah. know, like, which I know yeah. we're going to jump into that, but, but it, what he brings to the table is he writes honest music stuff mm-hmm. that really is like just honest. Well, this album has been so good for me, even Sorry. though it's 15 years old, but I did not know. No, I, I love, it. I actually was just messaging with him today and uh, yesterday and today and just thank you. Oh, that's for, cool. But he, one of the, one of the songs says that name, you know, beauty has a name and, that is Jesus, you know, when you hear some of the things and to be loved, you know, is really the heart that we, we all have within us, a desire for, for that mm-hmm. to be loved and, and fully known and accepted, even for our, our mistakes, our frailty, our successes, even, you know, because there's someone who will always do it better, but it's not about competing even with somebody else. It's about being the best version of ourselves. And I think, you know, if we're going to really see the gift of, of the day, um, man, to be a, a people who recognize again what he says of us that we're not our, our work and, and achieving and, and, our, and performing, we're not our best moments and we're not our worst moments. <laughs> we are who he says we are, and to, to really be able to, to not miss out on the gift that is in front of us, I think it's really an important lesson for us all right now. And again, it's not to be, it's not a passive way of living, it's a Hey, I'm going to have a proactive approach to it, but I'm going to prioritize the gift of what's right in front of me That's in the great. midst of it. So I, I think what you're saying, Pete, is so and so profound, so wise, so good and helpful. And as you've been in this transition, one of the things that you've been doing is working with 
an organization called StoryBrand. And, and yep. just for those who don't know what StoryBrand is, can you tell us what StoryBrand is and what you're doing with them? Yeah. So in essence, most of us that either lead a company, work with an organization, we're so close to what we do that we struggle to communicate that in such a way that makes our listeners, our followers, um, our clients, our potential clients really stay engaged mm -hmm. and understand clearly what we do, how it makes their life better and how they can engage with our product or service. StoryBrand comes alongside and has created a seven part communication framework that helps companies or organizations clarify their message mm -hmm. so that they can grow their business, so that they can grow their followers, so that people keep listening. That's the thing. Story is a real buzzword. A lot of people use it. But what StoryBrand has done is put a framework that we work and walk with companies or individuals through each part to create one message on one piece of paper. And what's beautiful is it brings their teams on one page together so that everything out of that, it's like chords of a guitar on a guitar, right? Now you can go write music. Each chord can contribute. You don't have to use all seven chords for every song, but you don't write another song without drawing from those chords. So that's what the framework is. It's now becoming some more stuff. Um, and a friend of mine that I met when we lived in Nashville through Thad Cockrell, who we were talking <laughs> nice. about, yeah. Thad introduced me to Don Miller, who started this company. Don used to write uh, Christian memoirs years ago and kind of came on the scene with Blue Like Jazz and some other great books, challenged the, the Christian culture to, to think and, and give permission to think in a new way. He's just that kind of guy. And then started StoryBrand because he got obsessed as an author with story and then took it into a framework that's helping companies. So he's really more in the business space for sure now. Um, and we were friends and actually on a retreat last year in July during this hard stop transition. he said, hey, I've got some stuff I'd love for you to be a part of our company. So I jumped on board and I'm doing contract work with them. I helped them with some stuff with a new thing called Mission Statement Made Simple. but I'm a private workshop facilitator and coach in the seven part framework. So I'll go in, a company will have me and I'll do a two day workshop and I'll work through these components and help them create a message. It's not branding in the way of look, feel, it's words. People buy things because words make sense to them. That's mm. why they buy things. When you write words that make it about them, and you write words that make sense to them, that's simple and clear, and they don't have to burn a lot of calories to think, oh, I love all those words you're using about what you're saying, but I've checked out because I don't understand it or it's not about me, right? Mm -hmm. So we help them do that. And that's, that's what StoryBrand is and what my role is. And I'm, I'm loving it. I'm learning a lot. We work, I work mostly with businesses, organizations. Um, just recently, I had a, uh, a church pastor in one of the workshops in my group. And then when I do the private workshops um, for the first time next month, I'm going to do a workshop for a church planting organization. Um, oh, that's awesome, man. So I'm excited. That's cool. It's sort, sort of overlap. But, you know, as a communicator with this podcast, as you help love the Valley well, you're a leader there. It, it, you use words, right? And you right. move people in a direction with the words. That's part of your skill. So I loved it. 
um, a lot of alignment and just what's been the, behind what, it. What's been the biggest adjust, you know, biggest adjustment for you with it? If, if you could, you know, you know, think of anything. Um, and I didn't, I mean, on the beforehand. struggling <laughs> side, what's that? I didn't ask this question beforehand. Just to, yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> I would say I can't operate off of the script. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Hickson doesn't know how to do that. Um, no, I actually don't know how to operate with a script. That's usually my problem. Um, I would say on a struggling component of what I've, what, what, you know, biggest transition on the front end, probably the, just the first three to six months, plus it was a season I was in and you could probably ask Don and others in the company, they would tell you this, they're like, oh, who is this guy? And like, I just was in such a, a funk where I was like, I didn't really know what was going on. And I allowed a lot of intimidation walking out of the quote ministry world into the business world. Mm -hmm. And I really cowered to a lot of insecurities. I hadn't faced those demons in a long time because I was in a whole nother world. And rather than just to kind of your point earlier, and we were talking just standing in the identity that I am and I'm made for something and just get to the table and do it. Mm -hmm. So I really struggled because I was like, it's so different. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm so intimidated. And yes, I had to learn a lot of new mechanical things, but now I'm bringing those mechanics, which, you know, you get into a new sport or a new career, you got to learn the, the, the mechanics of it, right? But then you, when you feel good about that, you bring yourself to it. And now I feel like I'm bringing myself to it. And I feel like I'm adding value to people, not saying that in an arrogant way. I just go, yeah, oh. I can do this. And I love it. So yeah, that's well, been kind of crazy because I mean, it's so much of who you are already. Like when I think about those early days with our church plant, and then watching you with other organizations and one of, you know, Pete and I have a lot of similarities, but one of the things that Pete is really good at is being a connector. And so he connects people to, you know, what could be, but also with others. So like, even if he doesn't have full on answers per se, he does have the relational um, bandwidth mm -hmm. and in a, in a way that says, Hey, these are the people I know in my network <laughs> that could help yeah. you, you know, like, and he's really good yeah. at you. And, uh, lifting up like whether it's new missions which he introduced mm -hmm. me to which we're going to have tim on the podcast soon nice or yeah or uh, or, or thad you know uh oh, man. that was more through like social media posts but you know when his name popped up on my amazon music i was like hmm, i've heard of him like this album sounds like really good and it was like a, exactly what i needed like i know i didn't know it was 15 years old but it was so good i've had that thing on repeat like like nonstop. Uh, that's awesome. This week. But I think that's one of the other things is to be um, a person who ad adds value is I think a word in a term that maybe you're familiar with or, or maybe you're not. But I think the idea is uh, how can you not just promote what you do, but help somebody promote what they're about? How can you like actually be for them? And how, how could you not hinder that, but actually help them? be a connector, whatever it is. Maybe you have more admin skills. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we provide, maybe being a listening ear, but to not minimize the important part of that, because I do think there is a story in us all that is waiting to be un unpacked. So I love StoryBrand because there's a the personal component of your own story, but then there's the organizational business side of it, which is really, hey, what are we trying to convey um, and, and to use our other our other friend Jeff Henderson's <laughs> thought, who, you know how how can we n let them know that 
we're for them. You mm-hmm. know, what does that look like to craft something in a meaningful way, messaging wise? So it doesn't, they don't get the sense that it's about our product, uh, but really it's about the user of the product. It's about yeah. the customer. It's about, you know, again, to quote Henderson, you know, he, he says, we, we've got to get away from trying to create raving fans of our organization and start being raving fans of the people. Mm-hmm. And right. Uh, right. You know, so as you think about that for you, I was just curious how a story brand helped you unlock your story and how could it help others? Yeah, I, I love that question. And I've got, you know, probably three or four components to it. And stop me if, if I'm going too long or, or no, not making do, it. Do you, you know, baby? Uh, Come on now. But uh, all right. Oh, man, if you want me to do me, I'm going to stand up and sing some Rick Astley. That's what you're Joe, you're never going to let me die. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm, I'm never going to give you up, Joe. I'm never going to let you down. I'm never going to run around and desert you. I know. Never going to make you cry. Never going to say goodbye. Never going <laughs> to run away and hurt you. Or I, I, was butchering anyway. I was butchering the song. I was like. Well, I just did butcher it at the end. Rick oh, you did. You did great. Morning. You did great. But so story brands help me unlock some things. And it starts with what you just said. Uh, and here's the thing. And I said it a moment ago. Story is a real big buzzword. It has been for, you know, probably a decade now or, or less or more, you know. Um, but. <laughs> the art that most people take in that uh, perception or, or, or the, what they're taking out of it is about their story. So learning how to create their own story. That's great. You know, this is our personal brand. It's whatever, it's what we're pushing out to people. There's a, there's an important part to that, you know, great exercises. You've heard of the Covey one where write out your own eulogy, right? And then you know how to live out your story. There's a part of that that's really essential in life, but too much of that becomes too much of that. Mm-hmm. And what we're not good at naturally is becoming a screenwriter about someone else's story. Mm. So this isn't a memoir about ourselves. This is all about someone else's story. So the first thing is it's helped me be a better leader, communicator, I hope, a better other side. Talk about Jeff Henderson. I remember a lesson he did. What is it like to be on the other side of you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, 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 a hope, a better husband, a hope, a better parent, because those stories are the stories I'm interested in helping become something. Um, And I just get to be the guide. So in every story, every movie, it doesn't matter if it's Star Wars, Tommy Boy, Hunger Games, or the Shawshank Redemption, there is a hero and there is a guide. And the hero is the one who's struggling and needs to get from here to there. Let's use Tommy Boy, right? He's this fumbling <laughs> character. I mean, we could use something serious, but why? No, and no, no. Tommy Boy just <laughs> happens to be, listen, I have to also say this because I, I don't want this podcast to go too long and you're probably gonna edit this part out. But anyway, no, 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 I'm not when gonna I <laughs> first married in 1997, and if I'm right, 97 was the year that Chris Farley, unfortunately mm. uh, passed away, very sad story. But everybody who I went to college with knew how much I loved Chris Farley. And I literally, and this is the time of answering machines. I came home and my dad and all my college friends left me a a message on my answering machine telling me, I'm so sorry to hear this. You must be very sad today (laughs) because they knew how much that guy meant to me. Anyway, that's totally other thing. But I love Chris Farley. Tommy Boy is just one of these one of these characters and he's fumbling and da, 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 and then David Spade comes along. Right. And he's his guide. Well, David Spade's not the hero of the story, but the truth is he's consistent. 
He has done the things that he's trying to help Tommy overcome. So he has both empathy and he has authority. He's not really good at empathy, let's be honest, in that movie. But that's two things that every guide needs to have. And you help the hero win the day. It's not about you. That story is about Tommy winning the day. And what we're not good at is being a guide. What we're really good at is being a hero of our story, of our conversation. So it's helped me be a better communicator. It's helped me think about, okay, when I'm talking, am I talking about me? Am I talking about you? Do I want to help you become the, the, the hero and to overcome the problems? Every story has a character who wants something and has a problem, they need to overcome it. So the guide comes along, gives them a plan, calls them to action. And if they do that thing, they succeed. If they don't, they fail. That's the seven components of every story, every book, every movie, every plot and everything. And so we help businesses and organizations think through that lens. Um, and so it's helped me, hopefully, I want to be a better guide. I don't wanna be the hero. I don't want to tell everybody more ways about me. <laughs> I want to help them develop a, a set of guiding principles for their life so that they can overcome the problems and get to be the person they want to be. Um, and so it's just helped open my mind at how often I am at the center of my world and how that doesn't ever work out for me in the end. And I think it's really smart business, whether you're a for-profit or non-profit, whatever our product or service is, when you live that way, you're more fulfilled. Guides are actually more fulfilled than heroes. And I think if we would make this full circle, we want those people that we help to become a guide to somebody else. What's that called? Disciple making, right? Mm -hmm. So there's just this, I mean, uh, this is not story brand um, approved. Uh, it's not a Christian organization, but as a follower of Jesus, I see so many great principles within this that we get to help companies take the lower seat in order to actually live a more fulfilled life and become a good, smart business that helps others and is not manipulating others and making it all about themselves. So I've learned a lot through it. I'm still learning so much and just tons of mechanics as well, just working through words working with words to help people move in a direction that's so cool like so if people wanted to check out story brand what you know where would you recommend they go like just yeah people to learn more about that and i know we're going to get to how they can connect with you but sure later on but i was just curious you know because i do think what you said is really important for us to note is so many times we want to be the hero of the story mm -hmm. um and so I think the, the work comes, first of all, do we know our story? You know, I think we do need to do that work. Um, and you've heard me talk about that before on the podcast. But I also think the other side of it is to understand that other people need to do the work of, of deep surrender so they can step fully into their story and experience, you know, to use their story brand language, become a hero. Um, and, and really, it's one of the most freeing things to do that. Like I think about even with vision for the Valley, you know, we launched a site and people were asking me about it. Like, they're like, what is your goal here? I'm like, to be honest with you, it's really to promote others. <laughs> That's it. Like That's I, I, whatever, whatever platform I, I have, like I really want to be a connector and promote others. I, and in a lot of ways I want to be a God. I don't, it's not even for me like, okay, like I'm going to make X amount of dollars. There's no, there's no revenue generating piece for me uh, for this. This is all about, Hey, how can we help 
others because there's so many great people in our in the valley and I, I that was the other thing i saw a lot of people didn't know about the other people or other things so they'd be like oh we don't we don't have this or that or we and i'm like man you should know you should know these people <laughs> like, <laughs> like i want you to i want to introduce you um and i think i think that's really important but i think even as we look forward and, and i think uh leaning into those conversations it's like hey how do we create the space so others can process and to mm-hmm. give help give them the words not give them the words but help them to process so they have the words right. to go after what it is and but that's hard you know because i think what you said empathy yeah. and authority like it's easy to be like david spade it's if you remember time boy, he gets antagonistic after a while he's like dude i'm babysitting this like buffoon he yeah. says all kinds yeah. of crazy <laughs> things in the movie. but yeah he's not a good empathetic guy I, but that's the other journey, though, I think, even for, for this is, you know, whether it's the hero of the story or, or the, the guide, the guide's on a journey, too, to grow in their ability to guide. Because at the end of the story, he becomes an incredible guide. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I yeah. think that's true of us all. Like, we're in process on, right. on both sides of that, you know, stepping in more fully. Um, yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. So with that said, story brand, how could people yeah. learn more, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. And I think just one other thing real quick on that is um, you, you alluded to this. For some of us, the work is to find a guide to help us mm-hmm. become a better version of ourselves. For yeah. some, it's to stop trying to make our life about becoming so much better that I don't involve someone else and now I need to be a guide. For someone else right mm-hmm. we've all needed those guides in our lives and we mm-hmm. all need you know to guide someone and everyone can guide someone right now you don't have to wait there's someone that is waiting and needing someone like you in your life no matter how worthy or not you feel you have something that someone needs right this minute so um, good and <clears throat> storybrand.com just go to storybrand.com um just how it's spelled S-T-O-R-Y-B-R-A-N-D.com. And it'll just tell you everything about our workshops <clears throat> and what you need to know. That's just, that'd be my, you know, yeah, real simple that's way, really good. And they have way a, to go there. And they have a podcast too. So, you know. I know. Yes. Great podcast. Thank you for <laughs> yeah. mentioning that. Yeah. That would be fa- failure if I didn't do that. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it's called Building a Story Brand is the name of the podcast with Donald Miller. So check that out. That's really cool. Well, one of the things that as I look at your life is uh, there's a story that God has been telling for some time. Mm -hmm. And it actually has informed me in a lot of ways and has influenced me um, to understand and grow my awareness of families with children of special needs. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, as I think about that, I, I think it's fitting for you to be able to share a little bit about what you're seeing um, and even to share a little bit of your own story with that. And so I just want to, you know, to share for you to share with us about your vision for the special needs community. Yeah. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity and our oldest, her name is Hope. Mm -hmm. Um, She just turned 19 and she has been diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Um, she was diagnosed young. Um, so much I could talk about that process. And we were just kids when we had her, I feel like. Hmm. But uh, so, you know, that was our first child. 
And with cerebral palsy, you don't have any awareness of this prior to birth. So it's something that happens at birth. It's trauma at birth in some form of the brain. And I tell people the best way I can describe it is she stopped breathing, which is, was the, the physical outplay that gave us an idea something went wrong. It happened a couple times, her first so many hours of being alive. And that caused a gap in her brain. And that gap, everybody's brain is so intricately created and detailed and responds so differently. But that gap in her brain is what is created her to be diagnosed with cerebral palsy. Oftentimes people have, you know, physical challenges with that. They're physically disabled. Others, it's more mental and emotional. Uh, often, not always, if you're those that have great physical disabilities, their, their mental capacity is beyond, which is why you'll see valedictorians who, you know, are physically disabled, but they are just brilliantly minded. And then the opposite is true. Hope is more physically um, developed, but mentally and emotionally delayed. So she's 19, but she could be seven. Um, it was so precious, you know, honestly, I just feel like I'm continually raising a child and I learned so much through the lens of what I think Jesus meant when he said, never grow up, right? Always be a trusting child. I, I, this is another conversation, but I feel like she has not eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. That was meant to be something we could never contain and understand, but the tree of life, right? That's the one where you just, you're just going to come and you're going to be this continual child that does not belittle our intelligence. That just helps us have an always trusting both and, you know, thought through. But she, she lives in this world that she could, you know, we went on a date. This was a couple months ago and we came home and like, what do you want to do? She loves movies. She loves animals. She loves puzzles. She's like, I want to put a puzzle together. And I'm like, we're going to put a puzzle together. Um, and then I want to play Play-Doh. Like, so sometimes it's seven, sometimes it's 12. Sometimes some of her homework could kick into that. Mm. Not really her age group, but then sometimes there's a two-year-old fit and she's a 19-year-old woman. And it's challenging, man. I mean, we've had so many times where we just felt like we, we were the wrong people to do this. We can't do it. But, you know, um, so uh, our as she's grown part of her age right now is a part of this what we've recognized is that most adults with special needs are living with their aging parents we've always said jokingly she'll probably always be with us well that's funny and that's fun till you get to this age and you're like that's not what's best for her that's not what's best for us now <clears throat> we would need another hour to talk about so many aspects of this and it's very challenging but for us our vision was developed off of her ability category, not her diagnosis. So if you're going top to bottom on a chart, it's cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, autism and such. And then over here from left to right, you'd go, you know, mild, medium, hot, right? It's just extreme. So that's the ability category. And you have to really build a facility for people to live in based on their ability category, not their diagnosis, because that's just what's limiting them. There are some great places out there. So we just said about nine months ago, um, I just felt like there was just this clarity that came to us. Like, plus we're in this season. It was our pain point, right? That's when your vision gets birthed by something that's personal to you. And 
we just realized what a challenge. What are we going to do? And we're here and we've known it's been coming, but every parent's just trying to make it across the pond one log at a time. And especially in the special needs community, it's just intense. So just helped us start thinking. And, and I just started praying and, and really came up with this structure of, okay, God, we're going to pursue to build communities where adults with special needs can live and thrive and develop. Because what we've learned is when you place her in an environment designed for her, not unlike us, she can grow and do more than you ever thought beyond what we ever thought. And you and I have so many options and opportunities and it doesn't make us happier. What if we leveraged our, our ingenuity and our skills to open doors for other people? That's the beauty of helping a people group or an injustice for people that don't have what we have, have a privilege that we have. And you and I have more kinds of homes and neighborhoods and communities and we could live in than we could ever either afford or be in. They just don't have many. So these individuals are on a waiting list for 15 years and the ones that exist that are really good are 3,500 to $5,000 a month. So we just set out and said, there's gotta be something we can do. And our goal was worst case, we'll just go down this journey and discover the place where hope is gonna live and best case in that mind frame, we'll create multiple communities across the nation where people can live. We're in that process right now, just research, trying to learn what's out there. And we've stumbled across some old friends of ours who are doing the same thing. And in the end, what it could look like is, hey, we're not to build these, they're already down the road. They're gonna do this in the same area with the same vision, but maybe we'll do that too. I don't know, but that's, that's our vision, yeah communities for adults with special needs to live that's designed for them and it gets more challenging the more challenging their abilities are for sure but anyway yeah i think i think what's beautiful about it too is i hope many of you don't know her but some of you will be familiar with her i she has such a special place in my my heart uh, just every time i connect with her she reminds me of you know, I love what you said. Uh, she hasn't eaten from the, the tree of the knowledge mm. of good and evil. Um, and you get that sense of she reminds you of all the things that bother us or concern us mm. or worry us. Just the joys, you know, things I've said to her, like, I, you know, what's up? Yo, dog. Like, and Pete alluded to the story before, but <laughs> I, when I would see, see them, like, yo, what's, yo, dog, what's going on? And uh, <laughs> she always says that back. And man, I just have such a, a fun place and watching her even grow like graduate high school and mm. um, have an Instagram account. And uh, Oh man, her Instagram, by the way, when she goes live, we literally just, we start getting messages from friends and like we've, when we've not been at home, we were like, Oh my gosh, you know, some one time <laughs> she was putting something in the microwave and we, we weren't around. And our friends were like, she's going to burn the house down. You just need to know this right now. But she just goes live and it is, it's just entertaining. <laughs> but I, I appreciate her heart and where she's like, you know, um, and, her, and just who she is. And it, it's yeah. beautiful. But I, I do think it's important for us to recognize um, the challenges that are for the families and those with special needs. And I think sometimes um, those communities, you know, there, there are some great events and some things, but I, I think sometimes the ongoing nature isn't mm -hmm. there, uh, the ongoing support. And I, I think it's really what Pete's speaking to. And I think it's important for us to even examine, you know, how could we walk alongside families with those 
who are who have children with special needs mm -hmm. like what are some ways um that you would encourage us and recommend that that we do that i think really just two things awareness is one and it's just recognizing that the this is a real people group we're we're real good at uh, uh caring about a people group we've never met um we're not great at the ones right in front of us um mostly it's because of insecurities in our own selves we don't feel like we can do anything when we can mm -hmm. right so whether we're talking about the black community in the united states that that just you know it doesn't need perfection but just needs advocates and individuals with special needs siblings of an individual with special needs parents raising a child with special needs like we don't feel like we can do something awareness it's just just be aware right um yeah, through great. this you know uh racial unrest which i don't align with all of it but some strong principled components i was unaware of and when i became aware of it i want to be a better advocate right same thing here it's just something that that just becoming aware and stepping into it uncomfortably if that's uncomfortable for some it's not you know you're so great at that naturally connecting with people feeling where people are and assessing it's just such a great gift you have joe but mm. um it, it, just stepping into that a little bit and then two is what i i said a minute ago well more options for us in our world us meaning um an individual or family that's not directly touched by this which by the way we're all you everybody knows someone one or two layers out if not they're your direct family um or neighbor but we all know that more options for us don't make us happier and we're spending our whole life writing our story <laughs> about us to give us more options that are not going to make us happier just more overwhelmed of what choice do we want well why don't we leverage our skills, which we were been have been given on purpose and build something, do something, push a door open, remove a barrier for someone else that can't do that for themselves. Individuals, special needs. One of their greatest attributes is contentment. That's what you and I don't have <laughs> and they have it, but it's to their detriment when it comes to things like this, because everybody's like, give them a TV, give them a phone, give them a movie, give them a basement of their, a, you know, aging parent or uncle or aunt and grandmother or someone, and they'll just be happy. But being happy, sitting there content is, is not, it's not good enough for me anymore. Because when I've seen hope and others get an environment that helps them develop and grow and mature and do things that make them and the world around them a better place, it's not enough. So we have to do something for them that they can't and won't do for themselves. And that is leverage your ingenuity, your skills, your, your hard work, your, your brains, your hands, your heart, something to do something for someone else. And I promise you'll be more fulfilled because of that than creating another, you know, option or opportunity for yourself. That's not going to make you more happy. So, so awareness and, and leverage what you've got to open a door for someone that, that can't cross that threshold on their own. Yeah, And I think, I think with that, I want to just encourage us as we're thinking about that is to become aware um, to take action too. So and it's really about what Pete said about the, the leveraging. So 
you know, you're hearing someone who has a passion for this and maybe you're listening and you're like, Hey, I have some skills that I want to put to use. Maybe you have finances you want to put to use. Uh, maybe you have a contact, uh, someone who could help to bring this vision, um, further into fruition. Um, I really want to encourage you to, to directly reach out to Pete, uh, because, um, vision, I love how he said this before he said that, you know, whenever we're in a pain point in our own personal journey, our perspective changes. And a lot of times pain points are things we try to avoid. <laughs> uh, like we can, and that's another personality trait for Pete and I, like we like, Hey, let's reframe it. Let's, uh, you know, <laughs> get excited. You know, let's talk about, uh, let's get distracted. Eternal by optimist. Yeah. Right. Like that's, but I think the pain point is that when we sit with Jesus in it, <clears throat> there is purpose that's come that comes from it. Like there is something uh, that he wants to give us and then we're able to give to others through it. And one of those things is watching Pete, I think really step further into this idea of, and it's been on his heart, just so you know, like a decade plus, I think he's just starting to really come to terms with what that could look like. He's been talking about me, talking to me about this for a long time, but I think it's important that we don't waste our pain. And, and I love how Pete's not wasting his pain um, because nothing's wasted, um, but rather we can grow from it. We can learn from it. We can leverage it for the benefit of others. So I, I want to encourage you to think about that, your own story. Like, Hey, what's, what are your pain points? What is usually whatever you're sad about or angry about God usually is going to use to birth something within you. Uh, it's a vision that will, that's usually the building blocks of, of the, the vision. And then the second thing is to uh, consider partnering with Pete. And I know this is kind of crazy, but I'm, I'm just saying like, he, he doesn't have like, you know, not that I know of like an organizational name for it or anything like that. It's just, Hey, this is a vision. And I know that needs to happen. Um, I see what could take place. I've seen what's happened when my daughter is set up in an environment where she can thrive and man, we shouldn't we want that for every person just to be honest like i think about what you were saying you know my brother jesse worked for a long time with those with brain injuries and um he would work at this facility and and there's a lot of good things he would do but they would they the people would be so content with the idea that the people that he worked for at times the organizational side of it because of the cost like of just mm. kind of getting by and, and he was like, no, like they're capable of so much more. Yeah. Don't you want that for them? Like it's not just about collecting a paycheck or whatever the thing is or get, getting, get, getting through it. It's about the opportunity that we have to help them to take their next step in their own right. personal growth and development. So with that said, Pete, I want to ask, how can people get involved with us? How can they connect yeah. with you? all those things. And I know that I didn't tell you I was going to do that, but I just felt compelled. No, it's great. And led to do that. I, well, thank you for that. And I, like you said, like I, we're just in kind of research and development yeah. mode right. of this specific vision. The grandiose is that there is a trusted voice in our at least nation, you know, that the unfortunate part about the special needs community, one amongst many, is it's almost like Groundhog Day every day or the 51st Dates movie where every day you kind of start over. And it, I know there are resources out there. And I'm not saying there just needs to be one. But 
every parent feels so alone in the journey unless someone comes into and helps guide them, which thankfully there's a lot of guides that do that. And we have a great big God who sees and, and provides at the same time, if we could be a little more proactive with that possibly and create a trusted brand voice by brand, I just mean a trusted voice. So when you go to a town, you're like, I wonder if there's a Chick-fil-A here. Da, 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 da. I'm going to search it. I wonder if there's a Dell web because my senior adult mom needs a, you know, 55 plus active adult community. Like, I wonder if there's a whatever, right? These are just known, you know, um, do you sell Coca-Cola? Like there, there's just not enough, trusted voices out there. So you just kind of are you in the internet, which can be good and not so good. So that's something that's just needed trust, a trusted voice to go, okay, we're a resource to help guide you down the path of developing an IEP. And what are some things to help you through that? You know, there's just not enough things like that. So I don't know if we're going to be personally building these communities if no one else is doing it or or if we just even if a million people are but it's our call we're going to do it or somewhere along the way we've just always known as you just said we want to help contribute to the to the advancement of the special needs community for parents when these kids are little and born all the way through and it's not just a diagnosis you know someone could get in a car accident something happened to their brain and from that point forward they would be in an ability category that they couldn't fully operate on their own without some help and assistance. So there's just lots of ways to look at it. To connect with me, the best way, I don't have a great simple email address and I need to story brand myself with that, but it's just Pete Hickson 74, P-E-T-E. And then my last name is H-I-X-S-O-N, H-I-X-S-O-N, Pete Hickson. And then 74, that was the year I was born at gmail.com. Pete Hickson 74, at gmail.com. You can send me an email there. I'll try to refer you if you want to be involved. You really could just Google special needs, um, you know, organizations in whatever community you live in. Things will pull up. You can volunteer, get involved in your area, become aware, just ways to do that. So yeah. And I think that's what you're looking for there. I think that's, yeah, that's good. But I would say if they want to financially give towards what you're talking about. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's you good. can still I think email that's good. me and, yeah. and give me your <laughs> bank account, your social security <laughs> number. This is where I'm getting information from you. So well, well just to clarify, me, no, let's clarify. Like, <laughs> I, I, think, I think everybody can use Google and figure out how to get involved in the special needs community in their yeah. own area. I specifically want people yeah. to know that we believe in you, Pete and yeah. Holly. And so... If, well, thank if, you. I appreciate and that. And we may not, you may not be in a place yet, but even just to start gathering. The yeah, I'll gather names. Finish. And again, whether I'm going to just be a part of an organization yeah. doing it and we can refer to give there or yeah. when we're ready to launch and create, you know, we're in research mode, then we're going to be in clarify our message mode and then we'll launch this whatever it's going to be and it gets refined and kind of distilled down to. Have you, have you um, heard of this organization called StoryBrand? I think they yeah, can really I, help I'm you. I'm thinking about using this framework. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Pete's also a good f- a follow on social media. Uh, so <laughs> how can people do that, Pete? Yeah, I am on Instagram in Pete underscore Hickson, at Pete underscore Hickson, spelled the same way, P-E-T-E-H-I-X-S-O-N. Um, and yeah, that's probably the best way I I'm on and off when it comes to Facebook, there's drama everywhere, but that one, I just, 
I'm just honestly like, I don't even want to see it. So my Instagram is pretty much just, I say it, the, the people, places, and things I love. I don't, you know, try to go all too crazy serious on there, but um, every now and then I'll put up a, a video to try to encourage people on their journey, wherever they are. So. Well, Pete, thanks for being on the podcast and for all that you do, man. Thanks for being an encourager to so many, including myself. Uh, you're a real gift. And mm. I want you to to know that we we believe in you, man. We believe in, in what God's put in you, man. And and I, I, I believe that uh, with Soybrand and your vision for the special needs community, I believe that some really big things are, are on the horizons with, with that. And um, yeah, so, so, so grateful for you, man. And I uh, really appreciate your friendship and for you being on the podcast. Thank you, my friend. I love you. And um, when the church culture goes back to somewhat normal, I'm also looking forward to then speaking in churches and, um, <clears throat> and I can't wait, hopefully, when when I can get back up there to be with you, and, yeah, that'd be awesome, um, man. And, and 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 see you, even if even if church doesn't open and you don't need someone to fill in for you on a Sunday, but just friend to come hang out. So I can't. Wait yeah, man, and I would say that too because we didn't talk about that part of you. <laughs> uh, if you are looking for someone to come speak, Pete's a great speaker too, and communicate. Well, I I I just that was one thing in the transition I enjoyed being able to still be a part of and my friends communities that they're leading and it's one aspect I do feel led to continue to do in the local church when there's a need for, for a, a voice to come along and speak a message that just goes in line with you and where you're taking the people you pastor and lead and shepherd. So I love doing that and hope to get back up there with you again and anywhere else. If someone needs some, someone like that, I'd love to. Yeah. Email them. Come on now, people. Come on now. Pete Hickson, <laughs> 74. That shows my age right there. <laughs> Gmail. Gmail.com, right? Gmail.com. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, Pete. Love you. Love you too, man. Thanks for joining us for the Vision for the Valley podcast. We'd love to connect with you and to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Vision for the Valley podcast, or you can email us at Vision for the Valley podcast at gmail.com. 